one of the reasons the pole of gold ended up being so low was who do you take with you i was planning to drive uh, in the peak of winters to ornipon on a road that is so little known about the vehicle if it turns off it's it's that's it you're dead you won't survive more than 30 minutes of that environment uh, outside i was driving in temperatures of minus 60 since zero is the lowest i saw it was extremely difficult again that's when you realize the metal you made of hello people out there and welcome to yet another exciting episode of seek your purpose podcast i'm your host for the show mayank sahar But before we proceed ahead if you haven't done so then please hit that subscribe or follow button on your podcast listening platform so that you never ever miss an episode that time we upload it Today in this episode I'm glad to indulge in conversation with an adventure overlander an extreme terrain driver and an off-road cheaper Nidhi Salgame Nidhi ma'am always wanted to make a career out of her love for outdoors only so at the age of 7 she was a kid adventurer By the time she turned 15, she was an adventure trip leader in the Western Ghats. She became an off-road jeeper and then an extreme terrain driver by the age of 30. She became the first ever Indian woman to drive all the way from Delhi to London, covering a distance of 23,800 kilometers across 17 countries in 97 days, and she achieved this feat while being the mother of two. After that, to challenge her with what's next valley feeling, she drove solo. all the way from delhi to the pole of cold in siberia to unravel something that is known as the cold of bones that's one of the deadliest road to travel in the world surrounded by thickest cover of snow she became the first indian ever to do so now keeping alive her spirit of you know punching a fear straight onto its face she started wander beyond boundaries along with her husband kanal malik now without further ado let's get started Today I have been joined by an amazing personality who is the perfect example of this quote that winners never quit and quitters never win. I still remember ma'am it was way back in 2016 when while scrolling through my Facebook I came across an article which read Delhi to London three women live up to their dreams. And I was so excited after reading that that I straight away went to my mom read it aloud again and immediately noted down on my bucket list. So here I'm sitting with the woman Nidhi Salgame, the sole driver of that trip. Ma'am, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, Mayank. So, ma'am, how's 2021 treating you? The first half was the first three months were very busy. There was a bit of a let up in the COVID situation, so we managed two expeditions around then. But uh, it's now back to standstill and square one, and one is just chilling at home. Right, ma'am, and ma'am, uh, I was just going across your videos, and I came to know that I guess it was way back in February this year that you completed an expedition to the northern Kashmir, right? Correct, correct. Kashmir, I mean, it's it's like the Switzerland of India, so it's like the same way it's being showing in the movies. Is it safe? Is it affordable? Is it what? So I just need to know in your terms. North Kashmir is not uh, some place that everybody goes to, and like I keep saying again and again, for some reason, when it comes to Kashmir, we limit ourselves to the usual suspects, which is you know Gulmarg and Srinagar, Pahalgam and Sonmar. But uh, Kashmir is much, much more than that. It's 
beautiful it's safe uh, much against what people think it is yes uh, permissions are, are dodgy you got to be a little perseverant but if you're really that discerning traveler who wants to explore remote areas nothing better than north kashmir right ma'am and uh, i just want to let you know that a friend of mine a very dear friend of mine she planned a solo trip somewhere around in march the first week of march and she was all and all inspired from you and <laughs> she went you. on a solo trip for a week ahead and when she came back she was all way different from the one that you know jo pehle gayi thi usse bilkul alag ho rahi hai wo <laughs> how beautiful that's what travel does so ma'am uh, let's begin by uh, touching a bit on your childhood just to get an idea the making of a traveler so the making of the adventure seeker that you have in you so a bit about your childhood your schooling your college and all i've had a very unconventional life ma'am if you read up i mean i started trekking and going outdoors at the age of 7 my mother was working and i think back then in the late 80s it was about you know making your daughter independent and therefore sending her out and i just took to it and uh, it became addictive and by the age of 14 i was leading treks and it got to a point where uh, you know it wasn't very welcome in the house the whole idea of going outdoors because it had become so much um but i guess uh, it it made me a different person and it gave me a sense of purpose and it gave me a lot of time to engage with myself i think the bit about the reflective traveler started way back then it was never about how many times you went to a place as much as what the climb was like each time and uh, how you processed it during that time so uh, my teenage years were spent in the western ghats uh, i was leading trips i lived on a campsite um when it got really confrontational um, i had to step out of home and i uh managed to work for an organization very young and uh live the life that i dreamt of uh, it wasn't easy but yeah that's what's made me who i am today <laughs> so i never went to college to to answer your question directly yeah so it was like straight away from school and then pursuing your dreams of adventure seeker absolutely and it, it came at a cost of course it's not like i was bad with my academics i did brilliantly well in my 10th and back then in the 90s was not easy it's not like today and uh, financially i had to sustain so i started writing articles i think when you really want to do something so badly you find ways of doing it right ma'am perfectly said so what about your parents were they really supportive right from the starting or like i said you know like i said initially they were very supportive there's no denying that as i moved into middle school and high school that support waned off because i think they were scared like any other parent would be yeah and i think it's come a full circle now they are very proud of where i've gotten in life but support per se has been quite patchy <laughs> for a person you know who started like it was always from you like you always wanted to be an adventure seeker it was always from your childhood or you know you you The, what was the series of events that that actually led you to being you know okay i want to pursue a career ahead in this life no matter what i'll go and build my career in this particular field of adventure only i think for me it was never about the adrenaline per se like you would associate adventure with for me it was um, discovering portions of myself which i didn't think existed and that used to happen on treks you know as simple as uh, sleeping on a rock all night 
in the cold and to just realize while you know initially it's also beautiful you know by early morning the rock also becomes cold <laughs> seeing so many days and nights like that outdoors i think it just showed me how much more i was able to weather and i was learning from each experience and i think i found that learning extremely valuable i said that's the way i want to learn in life textbooks and theory and all of that wasn't really making sense and i somehow was never able to connect with formal education so learning by experience is what kind of triggered it off for me and uh, yeah that started the journey so learning by experience is what you are saying that teaches you the most absolutely so when it's about solo traveling i guess you you started planning this delhi to london way back i think you were around about 30 35 i guess when you started planning for that trip i was a mother of two i had in the last um, let's say between 25 and 35 dedicated so much of myself to motherhood to earning and sustaining a house and all of that and i caught myself talking about myself in past tense at some point and i said you know i used to do this and that and and i said i'm the same person and how unfortunate that i've gotten to a point in life where it has to become past tense and i said if if i am the same person then let's just attempt and rediscover that strength and delhi london was a breakthrough in that sense so it was like the voice that was inside you kept on telling you you know what nidhi just go and get it done just go and what are you doing just go and you know just just be back on track just tell yourself again to the earlier version of nidhi and just go and see it was it like that absolutely absolutely it was a big part of me that was hugely unfulfilled and more and more i thought about it i said if i'm raising children as an unfulfilled mother or a human being uh they're just going to start believing being unfulfilled is part of the norm and i think it's important that women particularly at that age are uh, or any individual for that matter is happy and a satisfied soul at the end of the day that's how you spread that uh ethos amongst people around right ma'am and ma'am uh because i'm very much interested in knowing about that trip because you know in 2015 and 16 i came across that trip and i just had a break uh, from my undergraduate so while i was going to pursue my postgraduate i was having a break and then coming across such a trip being started and being you know carried away by three women out and out alone and and the important part was that there was only one solo driver in that who used to travel for around like 23800 kilometers all the way through that so how was the planning part being involved when you are involved in planning such an extensive trip so what were the planning strategy was like for you it was madness it took more out of me than i could imagine uh it was 8 months of maybe on an average sleeping 2 to 3 hours a day and uh, i started with nothing i mean uh, i didn't have a vehicle i didn't have the money i didn't know how to go about it because nobody had done it <laughs> and there were two people who were british citizens indian british british indian citizens who had driven from london to delhi back then but nobody on the other way around and with an indian passport to get through so many countries and the paperwork and the legality involved that took the life out of me and but for support and and it it meant starting 
from sourcing the money to getting a vehicle to seeing that permits and processes i mean the paperwork was in order and then came the visas because you know back then no visa agent would even make visas for land ex- entry and exit today things have changed quite a bit but i must have contacted three or four big uh, visa agents in the country and they all said no so it meant me physically going and submitting applications in every embassy and picking up the passport so it was a lot of running around per se so when it's about reaching sponsors so when you explain your ideas to them you know this is what i am planning and this is what we'll be getting out of it and yes i'm very much sure that you might have failed rejection from a lot of people who were just not ready to agree with your idea it must be like you know what is she saying it can't happen you can't do it especially a woman can't do it but what kept you going throughout all these all these naysayers and all i think when you plan first of its kind expeditions the risk of failure is real and no brand wants to be associated with that failure that's that's where it kind of makes or breaks it's about even for a sponsor to take that leap of faith and say let's see what happens so if you i mean look at it from how the vehicle panned out i must have approached every single auto player but nobody was willing to lend a vehicle it's not like i wanted it throughout and finally the ones who came on board were mahindra first choice who buy and sell used cars mm. so they they gave me a car that had run 68000 kilometers and that didn't make much of a difference for me per se but their stakes were considerably low you know so the risk of failure is what deterred pretty much everyone and in the end uh, believe it or not it was the government who stepped in with a grant without which it wouldn't have happened okay i guess you planned it initially as a solo one right then you yeah. came board with two of your friends thing is i always wanted to do it solo but like i said the risk of failure so what if she just falls into a gorge and vanishes uh, so the only condition put by my vehicle sponsor was that you need to have two three more people with you that is how it became a team of three and there were two cousins of mine who i knew all my life and uh, even during the journey we had a brilliant time they kind of flew in and flew out at different points as well yeah so that's how it became a team person and what was the reaction of your family back then that you know three women are going out on that trip for around like 90 95 100 days my family was hugely supportive which was a huge blessing my kids were extremely excited i think the novelty kind of blew everyone away the fact that something like this was doable so initially there's skepticism that then converts to excitement and then it's anxiety when you're actually on the road and when you succeed nothing succeeds like success yes ma'am nothing succeeds like a success <laughs> so how was the feeling of you you know reaching to the different borders like from india to another country then to another then to another there's change in atmosphere change in temperature change in natives change in the way people perceive and uh, a different nationality car being roaming around them so when you interacted with people how was their reaction back then they were curious I think overwhelmingly one was received with a lot of kindness and love. I mean there was no denying that. A lot of curiosity, yes. A uh, lot of curious look, curious onlookers, curious questions. People were really like for example at the border checkpoints, you know, I was driving a Mahindra. So the customs document your car name says so they have to write down the name of the car manufacturer and they had never heard of this. 
it was uh, which country is this <laughs> and i said india it's an indian car and they said are you sure it's going to go that far i said of course <laughs> I feel that you must have definitely your fair share of you know not things going particularly as per you have planned because it's being three women not just women actually you know that road is being unseen unknown it's for the first time that people were going out there so what were the your fair share of fear or you know the tough situations that you have faced over this and you can guide us with one or two situations lots of them man lots of them are in a few years now I mean a lot of issues with uh, I remember there was an exit from uh, Kyrgyzstan to Uzbekistan that got really close there was a lot of road regulation that one wasn't used to so a lot of discussion and you know run in with the cops in different countries and not knowing the language and relying on google translate at the end of the day yeah so those were some tricky situations but i think uh, right at the start being stuck in more so that year had a bad cyclone just you know dealing with paperwork the visas expiring i think that part really took over and that was the stress more than anything else ma'am i really want to know the real hard feelings that you might have had you know once you reached london and the feeling of satisfaction and the feeling of you know getting done with what i have planned in my mind so what was the feeling was it like you know it's being done okay now i am on the top of the world or is it like you know what's next for me ahead in life after that you know when i finally reached london very unlike how i thought i would react i just went quiet i think the weight the magnitude the effort the struggle it just started sinking in at that point and i just couldn't talk you know there was so much media there was all of that but i just wouldn't talk and it took me a good 2 to 3 weeks to process what had happened it was deeply personal the end point it had nothing to do with the world it wasn't about showing the who's who it wasn't about the feet i think i had managed to connect with a portion of me that was lost somewhere so i think that was very overwhelming So it's being a quite personal task over here. So did you really cry or you know had those tears in your eyes when it was being completed or being done? I didn't even have emotion left for that. I was so fatigued. I was just quiet and I was numb. I think for the first twenty four forty eight hours. I after forty two second third day in London is when I went and dropped the vehicle off at a port uh, to you know ship the vehicle back. So I dropped off the vehicle and I took a train for the first time in so many months. And I was heading back to London to the hotel and. I remember thinking what now it's like the purpose is gone like I don't have to plan what's happening tomorrow there was a sudden hollow you know that just appeared and I said I shouldn't I be like jumping shouldn't I be like really happy and overjoyed at this point but that wasn't the case <laughs> it was sinking and it was one had managed to do something that you never imagined that you had the ability to do so just that realization was extremely humbling so a personal change in you that you felt when you came back it showed me that the world was your canvas you don't have to kind of limit it it showed me that yes i was capable and if i set my mind to it i will be able to achieve more and it also kind of 
put that kida permanently to you know see what next in terms of what else can i endure if i've done this then what now so coming straight away to the next point that you have just mentioned what's next wala point i guess the next trip that you planned was the most challenging and the most difficult experience for you the siberia one right yes yes indeed yes siberia was in hindsight it was a death wish and i was just going through your uh, testimonials that you have shared over the internet and it said you know it's the the road of bones and the i can't even Oil recall cold. it what exactly was it Oil yeah the pole of coal yeah so what exactly it is can you please let our viewers get an idea what exactly it was so the pole of cold is the coldest inhabited place on earth that experiences temperatures the lowest it's seen is about minus 71 degrees uh centigrade it's on a permafrost bed so that area has the last remnants of the ice age where the earth is frozen it's called permafrost that's frozen earth so there's an active and passive layer which freezes defreezes the top layer freezes defreezes by season and the bottom layer that's the passive layer is just stone I mean stone earth like ice earth till the core of the earth melts it so that's how cold this region is the very few had attempted um i recall reading a british woman who had attempted it in the winters to drive to the pole of cold and i read about her and of course she had i think three four more people with her you know these kind of adventures and explorations they have a very personal tone to them these are not expeditions that get mounted for the media mm-hmm. for making a statement because you know you are setting yourself up against the odds in perhaps the most impossible of situation you're very aware uh one of the reasons the pole of cold ended up being so low was who do you take with you i was planning to drive uh in the peak of winters to olmekon on a road that is so little known about the vehicle if it turns off it's it's that's it you're dead you won't survive more than 30 minutes of that environment uh, outside i was driving in temperatures of minus 60 60 is the lowest i saw it was extremely difficult again that's when you realize the metal you're made of i'm really i'm out of words after you know minus 60 is something that unbelievable to really you know even imagine about that a solo trip to certain temperature minus 60 all frozen out there to one of the deadliest and one of the most strangest roads in the world my question is why like i said it was personal you know what else can i do i've done delhi london what next how could i challenge i think it it very early on in my life even as a child like i said you know my choice with the outdoors the quest has always been to see what more lies within you what more can you do so with each journey i think that's what eggs me on you know in terms of what more can i endure and how will i react to xyz situations and then to be able to look at yourself like that so it's always been a journey of self growth self exploration of course the canvas has been the outdoors and driving and expeditioning and there might have been cases in which you might have lost connection network guidance oh, yes. way to head oh, towards yes. there were days when i would just cry because you know it's one thing to be solo and quiet 
but it's another thing to be in an extremely difficult situation and be alone through that journey of 28 days i met nobody who spoke english all the communication was restricted to google translate and uh, just something as simple as what you would take for granted otherwise you know and and just having a conversation becomes a privilege and i think that's uh, it just teaches you that life is so that as human beings you're so uh, you take so much for granted yes ma'am ma'am i want to have an idea that how do you prepare yourself especially on the mental front initially how do you are able to plan these things in your mind and then setting out yourself on the entire trip and then completing those trip so i want to know you know all the mental practices or mental muscle exercise that you do that how you keeping you so strong over those years i think it become a part of me it's become muscle memory now i mean how one it becomes a part of your dna you know to be honest it's about not i mean i know it's very cliche and it beat in death when people say never give up and you know you have to be persevering patient all these attributes that keep getting thrown so loosely all over the place i think what has uh, when you're faced with death when you're faced with uncertainty when you're faced with adversity these attributes assume a very different proportion because let's say the same attributes against an exam or a job or a relationship you see you're not seeing death so the lesson learned the lesson to be ingrained you know when it comes from a point of survival is far greater so with each experience you start becoming that person and 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 then when you faced with the next experience you look back on the previous one and i do that a lot with myself you know i talk to myself and I, and i say remember when was the last time you felt like this oh remember that day when this happened and how did you react did you think of giving up Course you did, but was it worth it going through? Of course it was. So I think a lot of self-talk helps, and always pitching yourself against these milestones, provided you have marked them as milestones for yourself. Mm. You know, provided you've appreciated what it's taken to get past that, and made that mental note. So I think these mental milestones really, really help me because I keep going back to them. uh i remember in siberia on the last day to magadan uh i don't think i faced a more challenging day and that's my last milestone now in fact i was very ready to give up very early on in the day and it was snowing and extremely difficult and you're concentrating and you're driving and driving and driving and you still have 3 400 kilometers to go and it's already 4 5 in the evening it's not letting up on the snow the wheels are really struggling and i said this is it and you know i was driving since 7 in the morning so already 12 hours on the road i said this is it and i can't do this any further and there was a period of self pity and admonishment when you said why did you have to do this and this is crazy and what not and why the hell are you putting me through this and what not and then i cried and cried and cried and then i thought of my children and and then i thought you know what what if i don't get to see them ever again and is this going to be the end and and doing all of that i had managed less than 50 kilometers i still had 300 plus so i think at such points then you start thinking about i actually did that on that day you know when was the last time you were like this and you start picking up from your own life situations where you've survived and you start telling yourself what stops you now this is just another situation 
and i think once the emotion is out then come kicks in the pragmatics of survival so <laughs> ma'am uh, just to give you an idea you know my trip was not as much you know out of endeavor that yours was so it was i guess way back in 2017 uh, i planned a solo i was studying as a foreign student in uh, france i went for a 3 or 4 day trip from france to belgium it's it's somewhere around 300 or 400 kilometers it was actually summer vacations being going on and mm-hmm. the chances of my my summer vacation coinciding with my friends's vacation were negligible because they have different courses mine was different so i was all about to you know just netflix and chill in my room for next 7 or 10 days <laughs> but then a friend of mine he came in and he told me you know why are you wasting your time this is the the most important time that you are getting as a solo one so just go out and explore it so i said where should i go he said just go for a different country man what are you saying i can't even <laughs> go for a how can i go for another country you know there's so much of fear you know fear of you know being being abducted being assaulted being molested and all those kind of thing all, all those fears were popping up in my mind so he said you know what just plan it book all the tickets if you want to go for a bus go for it plan it research it well and just go it so i planned then i decided to go for a three day trip on my own so i went there i explored it i initially marked around 14 or 15 places to visit by foot and i ended up visiting 59 places Love. that were on and off my checklist Love. and the moment i came back i realized you know what jo mayank teen din pehle gaya tha it was way different than the one who just came back you, and the perspective has changed a lot there's a very famous quote to this effect once the mind is stretched you can't put it back into its original form hmm. but that's the beauty you know of experience because it adds so much to you that you're not your old self anymore right and ma'am uh, i guess just because of all these expeditions and all now you decided you know what i'll be teaching others on this i'll be carrying people along with myself to set out on an expedition a group and a bunch of people so was that the actual foundation that led you to form wbb post siberia um, i got divorced i was figuring out what to do with this line of work luckily by then and subsequently i met sati gunil malik so we were friends and he decided to quit the army too and he said if the medium is something we so both of us really strongly believe in and if it's impacted us as individuals so much then why not spread this to a smaller group but the apprehension was that you might not have too many takers for something like this hmm. who would want to put themselves through rigor just to uh, and how many people are really on these kind of reflective journeys in life it took us a while to put structure to wbb uh, sati and i of course are partners in both life and business now and we lead all expeditions together and the idea is to undertake tough mostly first of its kind on lesser known routes in remote parts of the world self drive 4 by 4 based expeditions in order to just i guess build your lens for life and benefit from the medium just like uh, wonders view boundaries that your company is so there are few people few companies that offer such sort of adventure expeditions for people i know that people are looking out for such an expedition but again we don't have the way to find out how how we can do it wbb is not a driving expedition company uh neither do we organize road trips nor are we travel and tour operators 
So on WVV expeditions, we function collaboratively as a team. Whether we succeed or not is basis everyone's contribution to it. It's not like I'm leading it and therefore it's my responsibility to see that your tea is on time and your room is booked. That doesn't work like that. So we function in a very self-reliant expeditionary mode, which sets us apart. We're also pioneers in introducing extreme overlanding, which is, again, like I said, these are not entertainment. These are not holidays. They are not war packages. They are not just fun. Fun happens as a byproduct, but it's not the focus. So it's a lot of work that happens on these expeditions. I think the tone and tenor is what sets WBB apart and from the word go. So people who come with us are those who want to engage, who want to test themselves, who want to you know, undertake a journey that's going to show them in bare bone and spirit to themselves and obviously to people around. It takes a lot of courage and a certain personality to want to do it. Thankfully, uh, you know, most of the WB participants are now like family and we've become this really small, close-knit community of people who are mostly in the age group, I must say, is about 40 to 55, 75. Okay. People who achieved what they want to or people who who are doing very well professionally, whatnot, but who want to do something more, who want that sense of challenge and who want to test themselves. For a WBB expedition, the only way you'll get to know about it is perhaps word of mouth. That's the only way you'll be convinced to come on this mm. expedition because I will not be able to communicate this intangible through any ad, through any campaign, through any of that. And secondly, right. You can't really market it because it's not a product, it's grueling. So you're going to be paying for something where you're going to come and work your ass off and then, of course, enjoy what comes along. And there's one more initiative that you have undertaken in this, which I personally like. I think it's sort of E4E, the Empowerment yeah. for Education. like Yeah, Ed- Expeditions for Education. Siberia was the first, the Pole of Cold 16 was the first, wherein I tied up with. So because I have the luxury uh, and I end up reaching corners of the world where uh, most people don't go, I felt that given technology today, and like I said, it all stems from the central thought that experience and first-hand experience is where the learning is. So I said, if children, for example, an average school kid in India doesn't, I think, knows Siberia as a country, I mean, as a region exists, that's it. Mm. Beyond that, it's only if he or she wants to learn about the place will he have to make that extra effort, but the curriculum doesn't really demand it. But I feel that's where education is. That's what life is, to be able to, you know, gather from these different experiences. So I had 18 schools from the country follow me virtually, and I would Skype with them while on the journey. Basically... To A, show them a land that they knew very little about. B, to also make them see up close what it takes to do something that's first of its kind. It's not all rosy. And to observe closely the journey of an adventurer. You know, it's always, I've noticed more of late than more in the last 10, 15 years, I would say, people have started romancing this idea of doing something different of doing, you know, something that your heart is calling for Mm. and all of that. The romance is great, but there's much more that comes with it. 
and it's a lot of back breaking work it's a lot of disappointed appointment it's a lot of grueling stuff it's a lot of give and take it's a lot of consequence and i think if you don't appreciate that you live in dreamland and that's it i feel that you're actually instilling the idea of adventure adventure seeker exuel kind of thing in those young people young student and young nidhi i would say that you know that might be seeing you back then right on skype or maybe in personal that you know what if she can do it then we can also do it further future absolutely i want them to know that it's great to dream a it's okay to be unconventional and if you dare to be unconventional and dream it if you don't put in the hard work for it it's never going to happen and despite the hard work if you can't endure what what it brings with it you're never going to complete and achieve it so i think it's hard work is great but i think to persevere mentally beyond a point is what makes or breaks perfectly agreed with you on this part it's a make or break situation definitely and ma'am apart from this uh, since you are a sort of influencer not in that terms but again yes a sort of motivator a sort of influence in this thing so is there any specific set of people that you seek inspiration from you know just going getting ahead in life for a second step for a next step so you seek inspiration from people or maybe personalities in general i think from a lot of people but more than people i think i'm inspired by nature and the outdoors because i've grown up like that so my inspiration is mostly the mountains and the water and 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 the trees and i think i connect with them at a far deeper level than with people mm-hmm. to be honest so my inspiration comes from that and i think nature and the wilderness and the outdoors it's one medium that you can't manipulate it just gives you very very basic feedback about yourself which people don't necessarily do it teaches you because it shows you for who you are and it appreciates you for who you are it kind of gives you a rap tells you who you are <laughs> ma'am if not an adventure seeker and adventure traveler that you say to yourself so if not this then what would you might have been in life apart from this have you ever thought of it if not this i think i would i don't know it would have to do something with nature and the outdoors i can't really that's been very central to my life it would have to maybe wildlife i would have studied wildlife that's an area that i really enjoy and maybe wildlife biology and yeah maybe that's the closest i can get to it had to be something with the wilderness ma'am i am totally impressed with you with all <laughs> your journey definitely you you had your sort of fear your sort of failures in your life but out of all your experiences that you have had in your life from your childhood to early life and now to the current phase of wbb so i really want to have an idea of you know top 3 life advices that you want to share to young people who are you know they are just being into their comfort zone and unable to push it out unable to move outside to the discomfort zone so actually so what will be your top 3 life advices for them learning happens only out of comfort growth happens out of comfort even children you know when they are born and they grow they cry because their muscles stretch if everything around you is going to be comfortable your growth is going to be as stunted so i think it's about putting yourself in situations or weathering situations that are uncomfortable is when you grow as a person so i think that's the first 
in order to do so i think all of us are individuals you know we all have our own calling we have our own dna we have our own life situations we have our own family background the society we are brought up in etc i think more than running after what you want to be the first part of life is about understanding who you are and where you're located and what your realities are and i think that is an ongoing thing it doesn't stop that is something that people must focus on give some portion of their time and life to because the more you understand yourself the more comfortable the more navigable the whole landscape becomes that's i think extremely important self awareness and to be very aware and and to be that brutally honest the third would be honesty i think not to anybody else but yourself just be mm-hmm. brutally honest it's okay you're not putting up an act it's just you yes ma'am it's it's just you and <laughs> it can't be beyond that definitely ma'am uh, and if people would like to reach out to you what is the best place or best media for you to connect with them wbb is an instagram it's wbbxol and the page on facebook is wbb i'm personally also on facebook nidhi salgame and uh, on instagram is nidhi wbb is the handle so feel free to message in any of these ma'am with this we come to an end for this interview i just want to say my advice is that you make this effort and and i'm uh, super happy to have connected with someone who's doing something so positive and growth oriented so congrats on your initiative thank you so much ma'am mm-hmm. and i again want to say to you you know your journey for 2015 it was special for you but again it was the most important part that i came across in life with such a journey it's not being done by men it was done by three women out and out there and one being the only solo driver that's too much of hectic and too much of pressure you know being listening to all those crankiness of things <laughs> happening around you but again you have to focus yourself on the road because you are the one that are carrying them throughout all those 95 and 97 days highly impressed from you from then and you know i was approaching you i wasn't able to find the correct medium to approach and interview in this form and finally this podcast wala thing it happened Glad we connected, Maya. Wishing you all the very best. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much. All the best for your future endeavors. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the entire conversation till the end. If you like this episode, please take a screenshot of the same and tag me at M A Y A N K S E H R A and Nidhi Ma'am at N I D H I W B B on Instagram and help us spread the word. Will really appreciate you for this. Now, just step out of that comfort zone, follow your instinct and seek the purpose you are destined to. I'll catch you in the next episode with another purpose seeker. Cheers.